Welcome to another episode of Called Bank Sports. Uh, we're, we're two games into the preseason, which means we have a lot more information on the team than we used to. But before we jump into that and, and kind of what we've seen, I, I just want to give a shout out to our fantasy league. We have we've had several people sign up. There's still several spots left. So if you want to play fantasy basketball with us, we're trying for a big league of 20 people, uh, which is kind of big for fantasy basketball. But I think it'll be fun. It might make your teams a little bit more realistic rather than just having a bunch of starters uh, riding your bench. Um, so the link is in the description. It will be in the pinned comment. Feel free to sign that, sign up for that. Uh, it should be a ton of fun. And the price for the winner will be fifty dollars. Uh, we, we've announced a fifty dollars Utah Jazz swag package, but I know there's some people who signed up who aren't <laughs> Jazz fans. So we might just change that to be your favorite team if if you're not a Jazz fan primarily. Um, and our the, the draft's going to be next Saturday. Yeah, at, so next Saturday at noon Mountain Time. So if you're not in our time zone, then keep that in mind. But with that, let's let's jump into things. Um, I think the big story of this past week has been Jared Butler. Yeah. And I think the most important thing to notice is you have to kind of look at where his stats come. Like in the game against the Spurs, he did really bad when playing against the Spurs starting roster or, um, but then once he got into the, Oh, here's kind of the continuation of summer league. Like who's fighting for a roster spot. He did really good, which makes a lot of sense. You know, like he just won the national title last year at Baylor, but in against the Mavericks, he did really good, really quick in that game, like just significantly better, um, quicker. He, he didn't start that game. He still came off the bench, but I mean, in 30 minutes, he was nine of 18 from the field, three of seven from three, one for two from the line for 22 points. Um, he's definitely been showing that he has the ability to be successful in this league. I don't think he's ever going to be starting point guard, um, caliber successful at least on a championship team, but he could come in and kind of replace Joe Ingles as the backup point guard. And that would be really good for the jazz. And here's actually, so I I looked up the Utah jazz depth chart on ESPN and I'm curious. So specifically with Jared Butler, um, they have him on the depth chart somewhere for the point guard and shooting guard. Uh, And so there's a couple things I, I thought were interesting that the first thing is, they put Mia Oni as the fifth, uh, fifth string shooting guard, and they put Jared <laughs> Butler as the as the fourth string. Uh, so ESPN has Jared Butler above Oni in the in the depth chart. Do, do you think that's kind of where the Jazz are seeing him right now? I'm not sure entirely. I mean, Oni and Butler um, are both pretty similar in my mind. I think the biggest reason that I would do that is if I was putting the depth chart in order of the likelihood that this will happen. And because Oni really hasn't seen a lot of minutes and hasn't been able to break into the roster, I feel like Butler's has a much higher chance of being to bre- being able to break into the roster just because th- he hasn't had that opportunity yet. And, and, and you mentioned that like Joe Ingles is typically the backup point guard. Yeah. And this might, this might just be ESPN being like not really knowing the jazz as well as we do, but they have, they don't have Joe Ingles in the depth chart at all for point guard and they have Jared <laughs> Butler is fourth. So Mike Conley's obviously starting Jordan Clarkson second Donovan Mitchell's third and then Jared Butler's right behind that. Um, and so I, I don't know. Like 
I guess Jordan Clarkson comes in at point guard, uh, but he's not really a point guard. No, uh, I mean Jared, but- Jared Butler's the only other like actual point guard on the roster, and Joe Ingles can fill in there. Joe Ingles is technically, I guess you'd say, point forward, mm-hmm. but it's not like the Jazz are playing a a small ball guard, you know, when he's playing point forward, like he is the point guard, and with Rudy Gay being out um, for the foreseeable future, the Jazz are going to need a backup power forward. So if you slide Joe Ingles down to power forward and let Jared Butler take those point guard minutes at the start of the season, that leads to, instead of, you know, finding someone to get those Rudy Gay minutes, um, you kind of bring in, um, you bring in Butler to snag those, uh, to snag those minutes. Cool. I I hope I get like I this is kind of my prediction for him at least at this like first half of the season is he's going to be in that kind of Mia Oni role where he's not playing most games but the second one person's out of the rotation uh and and because he's kind of competing with Oni here it might be two people out of the rotation for Butler but then then you start seeing him playing minutes and like Oni it's not like he was just playing the garbage minutes when he needed to play he played good minutes and he he came in and contributed so I'm, I'm hoping to see that from butler when when we have a few injuries but well see, I'm, not, think, I'm not expecting to see him most every game when we're healthy i think what's going to happen with butler um is he's going to be picking up a lot of time for mike conley just because mike isn't going to be playing back-to-backs and i think the jazz were fortunate enough to have the least amount of back-to-backs this year um out of any team if i remember correctly but because he's not going to be playing back-to-backs, you're going to slide Joe into the starting position, probably. And then you're going to need someone to take Joe's minutes off the bench. And that's probably going to be Jared Butler. That's what I would lean towards, um, just from what I've seen in preseason. But it could be Mia Oni. I just think, if I remember correctly, um, Butler has shown a lot better glimpses as a shooter so far than Oni has. And that's really, from my understanding, the knock on Oni. Like he's shooting 34% from three. And you honestly can't be a backup guard in the league and be successful if you can't hit the three point shot. Um especially on the jazz. Like to be on the jazz, you do need to be able to hit those threes. Yeah, and I'm I'm curious to see how Butler transitions into that. Like we haven't seen a ton from him as yeah. far as NBA three level. I know he was a like he had a good free throw shot, or and it, it wasn't amazing, but he had a good enough percentage that like I think there's definitely potential there. Um, I think he'll probably come in and be that thirty four percent level this season. But the Jazz also have to think about the future because he could definitely work on that in a in, in a few seasons be up at the high thirties or low forties. Yeah. And the biggest issue with players like him who are old college players going into the draft, I believe he's 22, is you don't get to see a lot of growth from them over a period of time. Like, think about the growth that Donovan Mitchell had from 20 to 22. Yeah. And you already know that you're not going to get that growth from Jared Butler. And you can have older college players come in and just have a lot of growth. Like, how old was um, Damian Lillard when he entered the league? Um... I think 21, 22. I, I think he left after his junior year, if I remember okay. correctly. 
So he was definitely, I mean, he was a bit older. So he was drafted in, he was born in July, 1990. And that was the 2012 draft. So he was, uh, he was turning 22. I can't remember what month the draft typically takes place in, you know, since the last two years have been so discombobulating with COVID changes and everything. But so he was an older player who came into the league and had a lot of success, but that typically doesn't happen. Yeah. And I think for like Jared Butler, I think the player that he should be looking to emulate is Fred Van Vliet because he was also an older player. He's a point guard. Um, I think Jared Butler's, taller than Van Vliet. Um, so, and, and Fred took his time. He, he, he put in the work and now he's, he's an excellent player. I wouldn't call him a superstar or anything. And I don't think Jared Butler really has superstar potential, but Jared Butler, if he kind of follows that growth path, he yeah. could steal an all-star game some, at some point in his career. Uh, that That's probably, that's probably not likely because of the point guard position is always so tough to get an all-star position in in the NBA. But like if there's a down year, if there's some injuries, Jared Butler might be able to snag one. If he kind of takes that and and tries to follow that path. Well, let's be honest. Like early lottery is the only point where you kind of are really expected to go and have an amazing career. Like once you get past pick seven and eight, like there's a lot of riding on you. Um, But even then, and then once you get down to like pick 20, you're still a first round draft pick. And should be successful, but it's not like that you're expecting to be an all-star. I mean, the goal at that point is to be a good rotation piece. And sometimes you have players who will come out and, you know, outlast their expectations and just do a lot better than everyone thought they would. So when you look at Jared Butler, probably would have been around pick 20 if it hadn't been for his health concerns. Like there is a chance for him to be great, but typically that's not what you expect. So it'll be yeah, awesome if it happens, but it's just, a, it's just, you know, taking a shot at him. And if you look at Gobert, like picked at 27, um, like he came into the league and he really wasn't good, but yeah. he worked at it. And like, you can see the work that he put in. He's, he's added a lot of muscle, even though he's still kind of on the skinny side. Um, and and he really has studied defense and worked at that. So, and so I think that's what the Jazz kind of look for is they they understand they're not going to get someone like uh, a Cade Cunningham or a Jalen Green who's going to come in and impact things immediately. But they're going to find someone who is smart and is willing to put in the work, so that by the time their rookie contracts up, they're a, they're either like borderline starter or like an awesome rotational player. And and, and I think that's kind of where Jared Butler I think. That's yeah. where I expect him to be in three years. Um, I, as long as his health conditions don't cause anything anything further, I think that's a big question mark with him. No, it definitely is. But the fact that he was cleared to play definitely kind of made him a stay away from for some for some teams. But I still feel like obviously he was cleared to play. Like the NBA does not want to have a player die on the court. Like, yeah, there's a reason why Chris Bosch hasn't played. Um, there's a reason why there was the concerns with Horford coming back. Like, there's a reason why a Butler player from a few years back wasn't allowed to enter the NBA. They've had a player die on the court. They've had a couple players, I think, die on the court. And the NBA doesn't even want to get near that for multiple reasons that we could talk for a long time on. Yeah. So I am pretty confident in his health. 
But then he also wasn't drafted until pick 40. So the NBA teams know more than me, or was it just really a stay away from them? And they didn't want to be the person to pick him and have something happen. Yeah. And I guess we'll find out in a few years, but, and with those, with those like second round picks, I almost feel like NBA GMs just kind of talk to each other and call dibs. Because <laughs> I, I feel like you have the sixty more like, seconds, and it's yeah. just how do you do it? They're that would be hilarious like, to find out. So, so I, I wouldn't be shocked if that's happened in the past. For the, they, they don't like. There's no pressure for the second round for them. If they botch a second round pick, no one cares. And yeah. so, so sometimes unless like, unless it's just you to, not just getting to, like, Nikola Jokic, just to, like then build all of up a goodwill. They'll be just like, you know what? I might want to make a trade with him later. He told me he wants his player. Yeah, yeah, they, <laughs> they can have it. I won't pick him, even though he's kind of the obvious pick at pick thirty-eight. Speaking of GMs, did you see? Um, did you see who has the best home court advantage according to this year's um, GM survey? No, I the Utah I Jazz, and I'm I'm excited. I so excited to have full capacity arenas again. It's going to be a fun year. And. We're, the Jazz are 100% vaccinated, right? So yes, the Jazz um, are 100% that, that wouldn't impact players playing here, but that's it's kind of a plus. And if anything goes down, that is also a plus. And then yeah. if they, when they when we play Golden State or New York teams, then so at least in Golden State, and I think in both of them actually, it only applies to the players on the home teams. So which is something I learned okay, a while so, ago. That's but so weird. You're not worried about Kyrie Irving, you know, who's not going to get a play. Possibly, depending on how long this policy stays in effect, who's not going to get a play 43 game. I mean, 44 games or 43 <laughs> because you have the 41 home games and then they're going to be playing in the garden twice against the Knicks. If you're the Nets, would you even consider moving back to New Jersey just for a season <laughs> so that Kyrie can play? Just find a new arena, change a venue, just be like, hey, local high school. (laughs) (laughs) Imagine how expensive tickets would be. That would be crazy. Well, I don't even think you could do that since the court would be like 10 to 20 feet too short. But that would just be, oh, my gosh. No, I that's a really valid concern. Like, I can't remember. I think didn't we pick pick the Nets to get like the two seed? And obviously they've shown to be successful without Kyrie, but. I mean, if you don't, if Kyrie misses over half of the regular season games played in New York, and then all of a sudden he's like, "Yeah, I'm just gonna take this road trip off to go like clubbing, you know, for for a week or two. He, he which pulls he's a Dennis done. Rodman. I mean, he did that last year, right? And he claimed personal reasons, and I don't know what the personal reasons were, but it doesn't look good going to like a super crowded club for someone's birthday party during COVID when you're skipping your team's games. Like that's not a good look. Like we can be honest about it. So I don't know. The nets are a disaster. And I still think that if they have their whole team that I don't know who can beat them. I really don't like, I love the jazz, but I can't think of a defensive way. If you pull Kyrie, James Harden and Kevin Durant, all out to the perimeter and then space the floor with a couple more shooters. Like what are the jazz going to do? And I, I don't even know what they do. Yeah. Well, and even like, even with Kyrie and James Harden out, Kevin Durant is good enough. They almost beat the finals, almost beat the bucks, you know, Um, foot on the line away from beating the, from beating the bucks. 
And like Kevin, like I've I love Kevin Durant when he's on the Thunder. Obviously, like I don't love Super Team, so I wasn't a fan. But like, yeah. Uh, and so, and he's been under Heat, but he's uh, like his whole career basically, especially after he left the Thunder. But someone talked to him that, and they said, "Oh, like they they basically said, oh, if you had if it wasn't on the line, or if you hit that last shot, you you'd probably be the NBA champion right now." And Kevin Durant's like, "No, we wouldn't." <laughs> he's like, "I was playing like forty eight minutes a game in non overtime games." Fair and enough. He's like, he's like, I couldn't do that for two more series. And they're like, well, like James Harden could have healed. He's like, no, James Harden was playing on a hamstring injury. You don't heal when you play on a hamstring. Yeah. So, so I'm, I'm for the Nets. I'm glad that Kevin Durant kind of has that mindset where he's like, he's like, oh, we have a lot of work to do, and yeah. and we need to figure some stuff out. The downside though is Kevin Durant didn't like. Well, and, and maybe it's not a downside because Kevin Durant really doesn't need have a lot of work to do. Like, what else did you want yeah. him to do in that series? No, that's fair. Um, I mean, in the end, though, like what what kind of takes me off about Kevin Durant is recently when him and Draymond Green had their little like, let's blame um, Warriors management on Kevin Durant leaving um, and not actually taking any personal accountability for not being able to, like, have discussions as grownups and like work through their differences and it's fine if you don't want to do that and it's fine if you want to leave but then to blame that on management when it's like no the disagreement was between you two and you two can grow up and talk about it instead of being a perpetual child that is draymond green (laughs) i honestly will not be shocked if draymond green is not a warrior some uh, part way through this year like i honestly i don't know if his number is going to be retired there like there's a lot of love love from the fans, but at the same time, like he's hurt them just as much as he's helped them. I think it probably comes down to Steph. If if Steph yeah. wants Draymond there, Draymond will be there. If Steph says, "Hey, if you can get a, another All Star for Draymond, uh, let's do that." I um, still think there's a chance that Ben Simmons ends up making his way to Golden State. Like Golden State's probably waiting for trade value to drop. Yeah, well. Since you you're not getting four first round picks for Ben Simmons, like no. <laughs> I totally get that. Nate, I, still, and maybe this trade fell through, but it, the fact that it seems like they decided not to trade Ben Simmons for James Harden just still will like always be a trade that made no sense to me. I mean, especially after last postseason, like just cementing in my mind that if that trade was available you should have done it since I just feel like James Harden and of course when basketball names leave your head just entirely James Harden and the center and Joel Embiid, oh, Embiid yeah. would just be a much better match. Just someone who only plays outside the paint versus someone who's best when they play inside the paint. I mean, that's what you want in the NBA. If you have a dominant center. Yeah. Uh, and a star like James Harden next to Embiid. Yeah, it's scary. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Simmons is an interesting one. I, I think, I think he'll be one of those players that, as soon as he figures out how to take a step back, and, and like, like Brook Lopez kind of did, where Brook Lopez is like, oh, I'm not the dominant center I used to be. Let's learn how to shoot. Yeah, like if Ben Simmons kind of like takes the, like gets some humility, takes a step back, realizes, oh, I'm not the star player on a championship team right now. If I want to win. I need to fill a different role. Then, he, and I think I think he'll be an awesome piece 
as soon as he does that. He could be the most disappointing rookie of the year of all time. I don't know. I, I don't know enough on that. But uh, like, There's Michael Carter Williams. Fair enough. I, I don't actually know anything about that. But well, just looking at him just being like, he does need to learn how to change. And of course, somehow, somewhere, every conversation this offseason just degrades into Ben Simmons talk. I know. Just like... <laughs> We, we it's just, plan this. you know, the root of all evil is Ben Simmons talk. <laughs> and that's how you get to it. Like mention the nets. All of a sudden you're at James Harden. Then w- what if the trade had been for Ben Simmons and you're just there? So <laughs> we'll, um, we'll spare you more Ben Simmons talk. Thank you for everyone tuning in this week. Please like comment and subscribe. If you haven't, we're pushing for 500. Um, we'd really love to get there before the season starts. So please help us out. We won't be doing an episode next week. Um, Join us in the fantasy draft and then we will see you live Wednesday, um, October 20th for the Oklahoma City game. So see you post game then and go Jazz.